Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Listen to me carefully. See, a lot of times the reaction from women to this concept of submission is something along the lines of, no way, that's antiquated, it's sexist, I'm not doing it. Something written by a man to keep women in their place. And that's because too often men have twisted the biblical principle into something unbiblical and self-serving. Any man who says to his wife, listen, you have to submit to me, the Bible says so, doesn't understand the Bible or is simply in rebellion himself and is not submitting himself to the Bible because there's more to it than that. Submission was never meant to be a negative thing. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us through the book of 1 Peter that the term submission is usually seen as negative because we have twisted it from the way God intended it to be. When we lead with God's love, submission comes more naturally. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 3 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 1 of today's message. We're going to begin today in 1 Peter chapter 3, and the passage that we're considering is one that's real special to me because it's, it's the passage from which our daughter Serenity got her name. And I've shared this many times before, but before Elizabeth and I met, I was really praying and seeking the Lord, asking him what qualities I should look for in a girl. I was, you know, 30-something years old, and as a young man, I had dated several beautiful girls who fairly quickly became unattractive to me for one reason or another. And I grappled with that as a young man who didn't know Jesus, you know, my late teens, early 20s, like, you know, I, I remember one in particular, you know, and thinking this, all of a sudden, I'm, I just am, I'm no longer at all attracted to this beautiful girl. She has not changed physically. She's still physically stunning. And yet I no longer find her attractive. So what's wrong with me? Kind of a thing, you know, and, and wrestling with that and praying about it or not praying about it at that time, just kind of grappling with it mentally because I didn't know the Lord. But then Just before I met Elizabeth, as I was, you know, seeking the Lord, Lord, you know, I don't want to make mistakes that I've made in the past. God, I need you to teach me. I need you to help me. What should I be looking for? And and he answered me from this passage, you know. It's It's a question that I hear so often from single men and women. How do you know when you find the right one? Well, this passage will help a lot because he tells us how to recognize qualities that we want in a spouse, how to cultivate those qualities in our, in our own lives, in ourselves, and even how to facilitate the development of those kinds of traits in the spouse that you already have. So let's read it together. First Peter 3, verse 1, he says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, 
that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, ladies, that word likewise points us back to the previous passage where the scriptures taught us that a follower of Jesus Christ must live as he lived, submitting even to harsh harsh authorities and, and masters. You remember the passage, you know, you and I, Speaking specifically to you ladies, you know, be willing to suffer when necessary for doing good. It told us that Jesus, you know, basically what it says is that he allowed even these corrupt human beings to falsely accuse him and then nail him to a cross, executing him. He submitted himself. He didn't have to. He submitted himself to He gave us an example to follow, but he's in the Bible here now specifically, he's addressing that to you wives. Now listen to me carefully. See, a lot of times the reaction from women to this concept of submission is something along the lines of no way. That's antiquated. It's sexist. I'm not doing it. It's something written by a man to keep women in their place. And that's because too often men have twisted the biblical principle into something unbiblical and self-serving. Any man who says to his wife, listen, you have to submit to me. The Bible says so. Doesn't understand the Bible or is simply in rebellion himself and is not submitting himself to the Bible, because there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. And, and listen, subjection is not submission. You're my wife, you will submit to me. Well, then it's not submission. It's you're, you, you now are placing her under subjection. You're becoming a tyrant. You're demanding that she obey. That's subjection, it's not submission. Submission can only be willingly given. Let me say that again. Submission can only be willingly given. But this passage, lady, seems to be directed to those who, for whatever reason, are married to men who are not submitted to the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit gives clear instructions as to how you can, quote, win your husbands. Now listen, ladies, please understand this. Please understand this. Your father loves you. Your father loves you. He's the one who gave this to you. Now the the lie from the enemy will try to convince you That this is just something written by men for men against women. That's a lie. This is something given by your heavenly father who loves you enough to die for you. To try to help you to have the marriage that you want to have. You see this? Big difference in perspective. Big difference in understanding. Your father loves you and he wants to bless you and he wants you to have a good marriage. He wants you to have Prince Charming for your husband. He wants you to have these good things. And he's telling you, first of all, two action steps. If you want your husband to one day be transformed by God, first, he says, instead of relying on your words, which is usually counterproductive, Instead, focus on your conduct. That's what he says. Chaste, submissive conduct. What does chaste mean? It just means pure. We don't use the word really too much anymore in in English, but it just means pure. That your conduct, pure in the eyes of God, okay? Pure conduct from God's perspective. When God looks at your conduct, would he say that's pure? 
pure, submissive conduct. Verse 1, wives likewise, in the same way that Jesus allowed himself to be lied about, abused, you know, in the, in the sense of, of submitting himself for the sake of, I'm not suggesting that women submit themselves to physical abuse. Okay, let me, let me back up and make that clear. If he's beating you, get out, get to safety. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is in the same way that Jesus suffered to the point of death for doing good, he says, follow that example. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, not to every man in the universe, to your own husband. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, see, that's not an excuse. Even if some do not obey the word, that they without a word, keep your mouth shut, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your pure conduct accompanied by fear. You want a solid, growing marriage? You want to one day have the family you dreamed of? The key is right here, ladies. This is your part. No, but what about him? No, 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 we're not talking about him yet. We will in a minute, I promise. But right now we're talking about you. Right now we're talking about you. Less words, more action. Less talk, more focus on your conduct. This is a powerful truth. I'm telling you, it unlocks the ability to influence your man's behavior and facilitate that radical transformation, which only God can do in his life. We talk about this a lot. You cannot modify your husband's behavior. And ultimately, that shouldn't be your objective. Heart change, change in nature is what you want to facilitate. You want to participate in. You're never going to coerce him into changing by telling him repeatedly how horribly he fails to measure up. But if you'll start to treat him like a king, you'll see him eventually become your prince. Let me say that again. If you'll treat him like a king, God will work in his life to transform him into your prince. And it's God you need to be trusting. Say, I'm not suggesting to you that you trust your husband to, to change. Oh, he's made me, he's, he, a thousand times. He always says, yeah, yeah I'm going to change, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And he never does. Stop demanding it, stop looking at him, and direct your eyes toward the only one who can make a difference in your relationship. You need to trust Jesus to work in your husband. And you do what Jesus said. That's what we're saying. So many times I see wives trying to use their words, trying to coerce, trying to browbeat, trying to, you know. And many times it's, it's through negative words. You never, you always, but it's, it's, you know. And what the Bible says is that you need to use less words and more godly conduct. Your conduct toward your husband is powerful. And I see it so often that the husband starts out, he wants to please the wife, but it's just, after a while, it seems impossible. As our time with you today comes to a close, we'd like to thank you for listening to today's message on Main Thing Radio. We hope Pastor Robert's teaching has encouraged you personally and brought you a deeper understanding of your Savior. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Robert, visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. You'll also be able to learn more about Pastor Robert Fountain, the ministry of Main Thing Radio, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Right now, we'd like to take a moment and share how you can be involved in the future of Main Thing Radio. God is using ministries like this one to reach multitudes of people across the nation and the world. We feel so blessed to be a 
part of this virtual mission field, and we're excited to see where God will take us in the future. We'd like to ask you to join us in seeking God's will for our ministry and for the people who will be touched by Main Thing Radio. We'd also like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio financially. For donations of $20 or more, we have a special thank you gift to send you. This month, we're featuring Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography, A Memoir of Grace. Pastor Chuck shares his journey, the highs and lows, and how looking back offered a great perspective on how God had had a hand in his life. For more information or to contribute, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening today. Be sure to tune in again for more from God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.